Mm, mm, mm. This is delicious. At one time or another, you've heard those words. Either you said it yourself or somebody said it to you. And then the next thought was, man, maybe I should sell this. If that sounds like you or somebody you know, then you're definitely going to want to listen to this episode and share it because you're about to hear from food entrepreneurs and coaches Shavalo and Monique Wilson Debriano, who began their food business empire with no money, no experience and no connections. Their doer's journey actually began at a barbecue cookout where they created a unique burger recipe in their own backyard. And now their products are being sold all over the United States at stores like Walmart, Whole Foods, Costco's, and many online retailers like Amazon.com. They've made multiple appearances on national television on QVC, where their burgers won the QVC's Customer Choice Food Award. They've been featured on the Food Network, NBC's The Today Show, ABC News, and several publications like Better Homes and Gardens magazines. Shavalo and Monique are now highly sought-after speakers and coaches in the retail industry, so much so that Facebook has brought them on to their prestigious Small Business Council and regularly mentor young student entrepreneurs. I have no doubt that you're about to hear a lot of things that you're going to be able to take action on. So take out your pen and paper, get ready to take actionable notes, and let's dive into this episode with Shivalo and Monique Wilson-Debriano. Welcome to the Doer's Journey podcast, the podcast that will motivate and inspire you to not only be a hearer, but to start being a doer. Because you know deep in your heart that there's so much more in you. The purpose of each episode is to provide you with actionable steps that you can take to assist you in your journey towards your goals. We will have topics that are relevant to you and you'll hear from experts and influencers that will provide you with information you can take action on. I'm your host, Carlos Frank. Now let's be doers and dive into this episode. TDJ family, welcome to this episode. And as you just heard in the introduction, we have a very special guest with us today, Shavalo and Monique Wilson-Debriano. And I am excited out of my mind about what you're about to hear and the conversation you're about to hear. You already heard a little bit about their story as far as where they where they started, where they're at now. We're going to talk a little bit about that now and their doer's journey. And remember, as you're listening to this, however you're listening to this, of course, you're driving, you can't take any notes. But as you're sitting down and, and you're listening to Monique and Shavalo's story, take notes to take action on. Remember, this is the doer's journey, not the hearer's journey. We want you to take notes and what you can take action on wherever you're at in your own personal journey. They're gonna be sharing something with you that you're gonna be able to take action on as they're talking. Without further ado, Shavalo, Monique, welcome to the Doer's Journey podcast. (laughs) Thank you for having us. Thank you, thank you. This means so much to be able to to reconnect with you and to, to talk to your listeners, man. That really, that really means a whole lot to us. So we're just as excited to yes, be here. Yes, we are. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you. Well, I've already introduced you guys formally, but we want to hear more about your story. So tell us your doer's journey story of how you guys got started, uh, you know, to where you guys are now. And of course, we'll ask questions along the way, but take us from the beginning. For me... I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. So what I'm doing right now, this is what I've always known I was going to do since I was a small child. Um, Growing up, I'm from a small town in New Jersey. My grandmother was a beautician. My grandfather was a chef. So they were my role models. I never saw them work for anyone else. They always work for themselves. And so as a child, I knew I would have my own business. I didn't know what the word entrepreneur was, but I knew I wasn't going to have a job. I knew that. That's how God created me. That's how I was wired. I was, some people, you know, you know what you were put on this earth to do. I know I'm doing exactly what I was put on this earth to do. I was supposed to be an entrepreneur. That's how my, my journey started as a child, watching my grandparents um, work, and then I would try different businesses. I always tell people, 
Don't be afraid to try different things. I wanted to be, a, I was going to be a chocolatier. I was going to have the best chocolate <laughs> in the world. You know, I was going to be a chocolatier. Then at one point, I was going to be a photographer. I'm like, yes, I'm going to be a photographer. Then, you know, I was going to be a landscape landscaper. You know, so I, I had tried. I, I was, you know, selling beauty products. But for me, I just like the idea of starting with something small and growing it to something big. So I've always been an entrepreneur my entire life. Yeah, on my side, it's, it's strange because it really is kind of really opposite in a way <laughs> of, of Monique. I'm, I'm, I'm the one who, you know, has to have a structure and have to make sure that what I'm doing is going to work. So my parents being both educators, um, not really big risk takers, go to school, make sure you get your degree, make sure you have a job at a reputable place that has a, a, a good foundation and, and you know that you're getting a check every two weeks. So that was really my real basis. So ended up going to school, degree, uh, New York Fire Department, uh, uh, stable, stable job, first responder, and did, did my work, loved that work, but I knew every two weeks I was getting a check in that way. So. I really wasn't wired in the way of risk taking, but I was wired in a way to want to progress. And all of that, as you'll see, as we talk about our story, makes our combination really work in business. Mm -hmm. You see, because there's, there's a lot that goes into it. There's risk, and then there's also making sure that you're gonna hedge your bet by doing everything you can to make sure that what you're doing is going to be viable. It's going to sell. It's going to be attractive to people. It's going to to, to be financially stable. It's going to, to give you a consistent income. All of those things, you know, come from really my side and that motivation. While the other side with Monique is to, you know, let's go. Let's look at different things. Let's let's. I'm like, let's, come on, let's jump off that bridge. Let's go. <laughs> 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 so that's kind of where the yin and yang kind of gets in there. But it, that dynamic is really great for, for business. And when, as we will talk more about it, but as we understand that the future and financial independence here in, in America at this point is going to be based on having your own business, having your own you know, hustle, like we could, we could say, mm -hmm. you have to, it can be anybody. So it, it doesn't necessarily mean someone that has to be just totally wired, you know, for entrepreneurship. There are opportunities out there for you, if, but you have to be able to, to put your input in there. Right. Now, Charleston Gourmet Burger, how did that start for you guys? I mean, your, your story is so remarkable. The person that's listening to this now, you know, they were attracted to this because they saw something that, hey, I got a recipe my mama knew, my grandma has, or I have, and people have been telling me to sell it, or there's just the entrepreneur that's listening to this as well and is being inspired by your story. So talk to us about how Charleston Gourmet Burger started. Well, really how it's, it started really was our love for burgers. Mm -hmm. So neither one of us were necessarily trained chefs or culinary school or anything, but this is what we enjoy. We enjoy burgers. Mm -hmm. And that was as part of our dating as we, as we went to different places, we'd go to different towns, we'd have to, to find where they have a, a, a cool burger, you know, do a search and figure out the top 10 burgers. We're gonna go to the top place, no matter where we went, we'd always have to explore that. And we would talk about it and that was as part of the excitement, really, of our dating process were hamburgers. And so, but we ended up kind of having a list of things that, that we liked. We liked burgers that were, that were juicy. We liked burgers that were tasty. Not necessarily the whole entire burger, but the patty mm -hmm. itself. When those are the best burgers, when that has a lot of flavor and that is, is juicy in itself, that makes the burgers. We never really liked burgers that you had to pile a bunch of condiments on top to make it taste good. Right. And so that was never attractive for, for us. 
when some when we go to a burger joint and okay we have 50 different toppings you could put beets you could put right. peanut butter you could, you could put all these sorts of things on top you could put marshmallows on top of your burger and that was a selling point that never attracted us mm -hmm. but if we would go to we, we man we went to some hole in the wall places all like literally <laughs> places where one of us got to stay in the car to keep the car running the other one running to get like, wait, wait. but yeah. that's the fun of it you know yes. we're laughing the whole time but we will go into any neighborhood if it's a if it's a written up it's a write-up to say they have some good hamburgers we're going uh, yes. <laughs> we're gonna go we're gonna figure out a way to get up in there so if a hamburger is simple and it could stand on its own those are the burgers that we really liked right and so we weren't necessarily thinking about a business this was just our preference and something that we love and that was how it led to us making it a business in our own way right just you know having fun when we moved to charleston we didn't know anyone and so we have this big beautiful home we have no family of no friends so i said to shivalo let's have a barbecue and so the idea was we'll invite all the neighbors because we were going to have a live band. So I said, we're going to invite all of them so nobody calls the police on us. So we strategically invited everyone around the back, the side, the front, everybody. <laughs> Come on over! So they wouldn't call the police. And then we invited all of our family and friends. But Shivalo came up with the idea, let's make this special hamburger. And like we yeah. had it catered, like we had somebody there doing, um, you know, all the different type of Charleston food. We had a mm -hmm. chef doing pulled pork. We had um, somebody else doing Caribbean food because Chevalo's family's Caribbean. So we had a lot of food. And so, but he wanted to do these hamburgers. Because people, we also had, in addition to the people from here, we invited our family, friends, and, you know, coworkers that used to work with me back in New York with the fire department to come down to check out our new house. And so to me, it didn't make sense. If you're gonna come all the way down here, why should we, I just go to the local supermarket or go to Publix and just get a basic patty and put it on the grill like what everybody else does. If you're gonna come all the way here, let's do something special, you right. know, let it have get a little taste of Charleston, you know, a little taste of the herbs and spices and the quality and the robustness of the flavor of, of items that we have here. That was right. my idea. That was his idea. And so we mixed everything together, you know, a hodgepodge and the idea would be want to add it to the meat. So that way every bite would have flavor. Mm -hmm. And so um, the idea was we'll make a small amount and if we like it, then we'll serve it. But mm -hmm. we got busy and next thing you know, people are starting to come down the driveway. So I just said to Shivalo, serve it, put on the meat. And honestly, we didn't even think about it again because everyone's been to a barbecue where you've eaten something that you don't like. So we had so much food. So I'm like, my, I, my mind was like, if they don't like it, they can eat something else. It's so much other food. And so, um, you know, after we get into the barbecue, my mother stopped me maybe like 30, 40 minutes. And she was like, what did you do to the hamburgers? But the way she said it, it was like she was asking me quietly. So I, I just act like I didn't hear her because I thought that meant they tasted bad. And so I just kept going. And then she came back again. And she was like, she said, come here. She said, look at that grill. And there literally was a line at mm -hmm. our grill. My brother-in-law who had come from out of state, he was on the grill trying to help. He's supposed to be a guest, and everyone was lined up for these hamburgers. And so I said to Shivala, we should sell them. Are you but serious I was, about it? No. no, I was just joking. I mean, <laughs> who says, you know, who really is serious, at, you know, when you do something like that? I was just joking. I was like, we should sell them, but I was really just kidding. But then after we had another barbecue, and people were calling us saying, hey, I want to order some of those burgers. Can you make some extra and then we were like, wait a minute, this really could be a business. And then we really started, you know, mm -hmm. giving it some serious thought, you know, okay, how can we really turn this into a business? And so that's we, really how it started. <laughs> so when you guys have that, because, you know, there's a lot of things that hold people back. Yes. And this is the Doer's Journey podcast. Um, and you guys, you guys are so far ahead in your story now, but there's a lot of people that's listening. They've had that recipe. They've had people tell them, man, this is the most delicious 
you put whatever you want in there that I've ever had, most delicious apple pie, most delicious marinade or burger. What helped push you guys over the edge to really pursue it? Well, my thing was, I mean, you're not going to get anywhere. It's just sitting on your hands and sitting on it. So we knew we had something good. But me, especially being a conservative one and trying to, to make sure everything is going to be right, I said, listen, if we're going to do this thing, let's make sure that we're going to be successful. And so let's try to get as much knowledge as we could about the process, about how to do it. So, oh boy, Monique and I, we checked every Google search you could do about how to, to move. If you have a recipe, what we can do, and it's funny because we realized there was not a lot of information out there, but we figured it would be, it would be possible. My thing was, let's figure out how other people can try our recipe. Because one thing is family and friends liking it. The other thing is if the masses, different types of people like our product, you know, then they could do that. And Monique came, she said, you know what? It really sounds good. And I think you said something like, if this works, we'll just try it for a certain amount of time. Well, my reasoning was this. Mm -hmm. We'll try it for six months. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't work, that's okay because I'm looking at it from this point of view. At that moment, we had a good life. We had, you know, we have our children, we have our health. We have a good life right now with or without this business. Our life is great now. So if it works, that's just icing on the cake. If it doesn't work, it's okay. You know, it's not the worst thing in the world that can happen to you if you, if you start a business and it doesn't work. It's, yes. other, it's other bad things that can happen, right. you know? So yes. it's like, you know, what do you, you know, what, what do you have to lose? Just, just, you just have to start. You're yes. going to have to jump. And Steve Harvey has this, has a, you know, a little bit where he says, you know, you're going to have to jump. And that is the only way I can explain it. You're going to have to jump. And you have to look at it in that way. And one thing that Shivala and I say all the time, you have a problem that money or man can fix, you don't have a problem. So if you start this business and it doesn't work out the way you think it's gonna work out, okay, ain't, that's fine. <laughs> What's gonna happen? So What's gonna happen? <laughs> Monique, see, also, Monique, I'm sorry. Please say that again. They they could just press rewind, but I want <laughs> I want you to say that again. If you have a w problem that what that money or man can fix, you don't have a problem. Exactly. Oh my goodness! I it's hope you're writing that down. It's not a real problem. That's right. real, that's awesome. So yeah. so so now talk to us. So you got the so you you had the barbecues. A couple barbecues, everybody's liking it. Um, you're excited and you guys decide to jump. So what's the next step in your story after you make that decision to jump? So we jumped, but we jumped strategically. Mm. So it wasn't a crazy jump like, okay, we're, we're selling everything. I'm quitting my job. I was working. I was doing ambulance first responder work here in Charleston. So it wasn't like, okay, I'm, we got, I'm gonna quit everything. And it's just do or die in that way. It was done strategically. So we applied for a farmer's market, the, a great farmer's market here downtown in uh, Marion Square. It's one of the best farmer's markets in the world. It was a, a, a tough process to be able to get approved, to be able to, to go into it. We really actually were not even confident that, that we could even get a, approved. No. <laughs> I mean, Carlos, yeah. if, if I could just tell you, Shivalo uh -huh. and I go there. We have, you know, this hitch attached to the back of our car. We have all this stuff. We probably look like junkyard people. All this pulling a grill, we're pulling all this stuff. And we get there and set up. You know, we have Mitch Matt tablecloths from Walmart. I got, you know, Mitch Matt, the napkins doesn't match, the tablecloth, the business cards look like one thing. And then we have a board that, you know, one leg is broke, so it's sideways. And then we had magic marker on it written and the words are sideways. But when I took a break, 
And I walked around and I looked at everybody else that was, you know, our competition. These people had like 30 items. They had custom menu boards made. They had baskets with lemons coming out of them. And I'm like, you know, these people are the real deal. And so I go to Shivalo and I'm like, dang, all we got are hamburgers. And so we, we ended up at the last minute, I think we may have added like a potato chip and my yeah. mother's tea that she made at her church called church tea. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, we got to get something else. And, and that's what we had. We had hamburgers. That's what we, that's what we had to offer. And, yeah. and these people came around, you know, professional people. Yeah. You know? From the culinary Institute. I mean, this was the audition. This was the, this is when they're only going to choose a couple people to get into this farmer's market and the people they had on the, the culinary hats and had the clipboards and everything had a group of them around five of them and we see them go around and they're really stuffy and they take a little bite of whatever people have and then they ride on a clipboard they throw it away in their face like wouldn't yeah. even say this little bath house like oh no <laughs> but they came to the table to came to the table and they asked well you know what what menu items do you have and i remember monique answered because i kind of froze you know? I was like, well, we got burgers. And I just... That's pretty much it. And <laughs> you know, everybody else had long stories. I'm like, yeah. well, we have hamburgers. And that was it. But boy, we watched the guy, the main guy. He, he took the burger. He, he looked at it, looked around, took one bite, and then looked, chewed it. And then he turned it, looked at it again, took another bite. And then we watched this guy stand there and eat this entire burger. We didn't see him eat anybody else's whole entire no. dish that they gave him. And then the other people that were with them, the four other people with their clipboards, they got burgers. They ended up, they, they didn't tell us what, they didn't necessarily tell us anything, but they ended up coming back after. Yeah, they were like, do y'all have any more of those hamburgers we could take home? So I was like, well, I think that's a good sign. I, I, mean, I think we're, that we're gonna get in. Yes. And so we, we beat out people, you know, we had read in the paper, there were some people that had been at that market for years and they only had a few spots to fill and we got a spot and some people had been there for years. And so, you know, we really knew that farmer's market we used as a test market and we tell people this yes. all the time because your family and friends might think your product is great. And sometimes you don't know if they're really just being kind. So the real test is to see if a stranger will buy it. Yes. And so that's really what we were doing when we moved to the farmer's market was to really, let's test this product out and see if it can really stand on its own two feet and if yes. people will really not buy it once, but will they come back over and over again and buy this from us yes and so this was once a week on saturday so i didn't have to quit i didn't quit my job so didn't mm -hmm. want to be irresponsible didn't quit my job kept the job but every saturday morning we were were lugging that and just so your listeners could understand the the money we would spend probably a hundred dollars in supplies in uh, me and the bread, probably around a hundred dollars, and we would sell. We would make the the burgers, and it would come out to uh, yeah, so a hundred dollars, and we would sell the burgers for like a seven dollar pack, five dollars for a burger, seven dollars where you get a little pack of fries and a drink. But the bottom line is, we would gross around eleven hundred dollars there at the farmers market. Right. So each week it was a thousand dollars of of profit, and you guys and, were selling out fast. And yeah, yes. lot, most times we wouldn't even make it until lunchtime, and we because people were there waiting for us when we opened, and so we would increase it every week. We would increase it every week mm -hmm. the amount of product that we would bring. Uh, we never bought more, you know, because we we definitely did not have any money to waste, and we did not want to be throwing away food. So we made sure we never, you know, put out oh, too much money on inventory. We didn't overspend until we saw that there was a need for it. So as our business grew, you know, we made adjustments. But one thing we did was we made a mind map. And I always tell people to do this. So we knew when our first big goal was to retire Shivalo. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people ask us is how, do, how did we retire him? How are we doing this full time? We knew we needed to do $100,000 in our year, in a year to bring him home. And so we broke it down in a mind map and we had it down 
We knew exactly how many hamburgers we had to sell every day. We knew how many events we had to do. And we knew what our sale, our, our daily, weekly, and monthly sales goals were to retire him. And so wow. we were able to do that our first year of the business. We were able to retire him and, and have him come mm -hmm. home. So, you know, you do have to jump, but don't just jump blindly. Yes, <laughs> you know. So let me pause the story right there, because um, that mind map, and I want to ask this, is that part of the recipe for retail, which we'll talk about a little bit later? Is that something you walk your, your clients through? Yes, we do um, talk about um, mind mapping and setting your goals and being strategic because that's very important when you're having a business and you really want to do it full time. You have to clearly be able to see what do I need to do to do this full time. Right. So you have to map it out and you have to know exactly, you know, and if, and if something falls through, you have to be able to look at your map and say, okay. This, this event was canceled. I got to plug something else in there because I got to make up that $500. So yes. we, that's something that's so important because you have to write it down and see exactly what you're doing. That's yes. awesome. And so yeah. as you listen to this, and we'll talk about this a little later, Shivalo and Monique have a very special program that they're now taking on clients privately and coaching them one-on-one -on -one to help you get whatever it is that that recipe that mama's had for a long time in the family that you know you yes. should be selling they'll be able to help walk you through that so we'll, we'll talk about that more now the mm -hmm. other reason i pause this because i believe that part of the story there was a huge lesson in there that i that i hope you got um as you're listening to this and it's what i call imperfect action Mm. Or what Steve Harvey said, jumping, because Shavala and Monique, they didn't have everything perfect. They didn't have all the, the pretty layout. They, they right. just took action. How yes. often has that been a, a big part of what you guys do? Have you always been like that or has that changed or do you continually just continue to do imperfect action? Well, done is better than perfect. Mm. <laughs> so, right. you know, I mean, we are, you know, mm -hmm. I am a perfectionist and I think yes. Shavala is also, but if you sit around and wait until everything is perfect, yes. you're not going to do it. It's always going to be something that is going to go wrong, always. And I mean, we still mm -hmm. have that happen today. Yeah. I don't care, you know, when, when sometimes you see us selling on TV, on QVC, you have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. You have <laughs> no idea, like, yeah. what was happening right before that camera came to uh -huh. <laughs> it's kind of like It's kind of like the ducks. You see them all cool above water, but their feet are moving real crazy. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> like, you have no clue what uh -huh. is going on behind the scenes. And, you know, it's that, but you, ha you have to, it's a process. You know, and you, you can't just sit around and wait because we see some people, you know, that have come to us. They see us in the grocery store and they come to us and we see them multiple times. It's like, oh man, did you start your business yet? No, I'm, I'm still waiting. I'm still trying to get that business plan done. It's yeah. been five years. You want to keep, you know, you have to, you got to move. You have yeah. to move. Have to move. And, and just, I mean, I don't know if we're, we're going to talk about it later, but what I'll say is that in the food space, because that's what we know about. I'll tell you, in the food space, the retailers, the people who are buying food for the big supermarkets, the Walmart, the Kroger, the Costco, the Sam's Club, they are looking for people who have food products, who have, an, who have a recipe, who have an actual food product. They want to put it out there. There's like a misconception so that oh boy, you have to have everything perfect. You have to have it right to get into, into a retail store. But if you can just get it right, you're going to have an opportunity. It's going to be there. And there's so many people, hundreds, thousands, millions of people on the internet. Killing it every day. That would love, but they're, they're doing it. And there are customers who would want to purchase what you have if they knew it was out there. So to me, to, to us, it's like, it's, a, it's really a waste of time sitting on your recipe. You have that, you have that, you, you have a recipe, your friends, your family, you have people that like it. To me, it doesn't make sense because it's a gold mine out there for people who can just get it out there if you take the action. 
Right. Doesn't have to be perfect, but it does have to be right. Right. That's right. awesome. Yeah, to get That's out there. Awesome. Yes. So, what's the next step after the farmers market for you guys? Well, the thing was, is the farmers market was great. We would have, we would make up burgers, and we were kind of building our brand name. We mm -hmm. came up with the Charleston Gourmet Burger, and and we started using social media at that point. We started using Facebook, developing a following. People knew about our brand, but we had the issue where at the farmer's market downtown, people would come from, from Nebraska, come visit Charleston. They'd have our burgers. They'd love our burgers. They'd buy it one time, and then they go back home. They'd come from Arizona. They'd come from even overseas all over. And so we had to figure out, oh, boy, that's a one-time sale. How can we figure out a way to have these burgers elsewhere? and really expand out of just a Saturday morning uh, there at the farmer's market or do, doing special events around Charleston. And so my initial idea was, you know what? We'll, let's just make up a batch of the burgers. We'll free, put them in the refrigerator, put it in the freezer, we'll freeze them up and we'll do something like Omaha Steaks where we advertise it online, people will just buy it and we would ship the frozen burgers to wherever the people are and that way they can get the burgers that was that was my initial idea and then monique ended up saying <laughs> we'll kill people <laughs> so I said, we cannot do that you can't shoot meat we cannot do that and so i said people can get meat wherever they are so what they love is the flavor they love the seasoning the marinade the way we flavor the burger so i said that is going to be the product. It's shelf stable. We can ship it all over and they can make their own Charleston Gourmet Burger at home. And so that's mm -hmm. how we came up with the idea to um, have, have it, have the marinade be the product. And, yes. and that's, that's and that way that because shipping, of course, we make light of it, but in order to do that Omaha steak idea, we have to deal with the food and drug administration, the department of agriculture and, and all of that and bioterrorism certificate, you know, we, there was a lot that would go into that. So this was our quickest way and least resistance mm -hmm. to be able to, to build our business beyond Charleston. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And to be able to get it in. So we said, Hey, let's bottle it. Let's bottle the, our marinade. And that mm -hmm. led to us professionally bottling it. And again, just for your viewers to understand from that point, our our view when both of us agreed if we're going to do this we're going to have to do it big and in the most correct way as possible and if you're going to do it big we can't be in our kitchen making up bottles of of product and and, and putting a cap on it let's have it professionally bottled for us with the proper labeling proper symbols all of that technical data professionally done and we took all of those that I said we make could make a thousand dollars on that Saturday. We saved all that money, right, to be able to afford to be able to make our first batch of, of product bottled Charleston Gourmet Burger marinade. And that's when we said, and Monique definitely said, we're going to make this first batch work for us, right? Because we, I, I, we knew we didn't have thousands of dollars to keep just producing it. We didn't have that laying around. So it was like, okay, this money, but this, you know, product right here that we made this thousand bottles or whatever it was, we're going to like how people say, I can make a dollar out of 15 cents or something like that. Is that, is that the same? So that's how I felt. I'm like, listen, nobody gets a bottle of this unless they're buying it or, you know, it's a, it's a, um, you know, for a, a magazine, if it's for a grocery store, and that's what we did. And so we would load that sauce up in our car to marinate, and we would drive to different stores and, you know, and just say, um, you know, this is what we have, you know, to, um, you know, yeah. and that's what, that's like what Whole we would Foods, do. Right, that was the first. Yeah. Was yeah tell Foods. us that story, Monique, about how you yes. walked into Whole Foods, <laughs> how you walked into Whole Foods all confident and ready. You had your spiel ready. Talk, <laughs> talk about that story, or maybe it didn't go like yes. that. <laughs> we had been talking about this and talking about this and we finally decided like one day like this is the day 
that we're going. And so I ended up um, going into Whole Foods and, you know, grocery stores, they have their own language. They have their own lingo. We didn't even know what we were saying. And so, you know, we go in there and and we had our kids with us. Shavalo has the girls. So I go up to the counter and, you know, I'm like, I, I need to speak to the manager. And so we go, <laughs> we go in there and, and I don't even think we had the product at this mm -hmm. point. No. And so the guy comes and I'm like, um, I think that we have a product that would do really well in your store. And I didn't even expect him to like engage me in the conversation. I don't know what I thought he was going to say. He's like, okay. So I was like, uh, so then I just started telling him about the product and how great it was. And he's like, well, do you have a sample? So I'm like, no, we don't. It's going to be, it's going to come off the line. It was, like, it was like the next week, right? Yes. Because I was just, all my mind was doing was my mind was just racing. Because I'm like, we're going to have all this product and we have to turn it over quick. And that's all I kept thinking about. I was like, we have to turn this product over quick. This product has to make us money like yesterday. We don't have time to even let it get dusty. And so that was like the goal. And so we went to Whole Foods and the guy was like, as soon as you have it, bring it back and I will um, try it. And if I like it, I'll, I'll put it in the store. And so we were like, could it be that easy? And so we literally left, we got, we drove out of the parking lot of Whole Foods and we drove into the parking lot of Harris Teeter. It was like right across the street. And then yeah. we did the same thing again. And um, I, and, but this time the decision maker, the decision maker wasn't there. And so they ended up giving me the number to corporate. And so when I tell you I called this lady every day, I had a sheet of paper next to the telephone on the desk and I would, I had a log. I would call her, I had a whole spiel and I would say my spiel and I would jot down calls, left message and then I would follow up with an email. Like I was super annoying to her probably. And so it was so like, Within like the second week, the receptionist knew my voice. She was like, oh, is this Mrs. Wilson Tepriano? <laughs> I'm like, yes, this is me. And so the lady was never, it, she never answered the phone. And so like after like four weeks, the lady from Harris Teeter, she answers the phone. And I was like, hi, this, I couldn't even get my spiel out. She was like, is this the hamburger company? And I was like, yes. She was like, you're on the new vendor list. Check your email. And I was like, okay, thank you. And that was, so that, and I mean, and then like two weeks later, mm -hmm. we were in Whole Foods. So we, yes. we ended up getting in Whole Foods and it was Harris Teeter. So those yes. were our first two big accounts, but it was just from us going in the store, being persistent, calling every day, you know, what if I would have stopped calling, you know, after that second time the lady didn't answer, return my call, mm -hmm. you know, we would have never even had that opportunity. And, you know, and we realize it's funny, we really did this out of, of naiveness in a way, because yeah. <laughs> if we really were to, to study the, the real way how to do it, I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's really filling out applications and, it's not waiting, what we teach people. And, exactly. <laughs> and, and waiting and waiting to speak to this one and, and uh, negotiating uh, different fees and all, all these sorts of things um, that we really could formally do. Mm -hmm. So, but the thing is, is taking action. And what we realize is dealing with people. All that paperwork and stuff where after they, they knew us, they met us, they tasted our product, they knew what type of people were behind it, they knew that we were, we were motivated. All that paperwork that we really were supposed to do as an application from the beginning, then it ended up just being given to us to, hey, fill this stuff out to, before the stuff goes in the store. Right. You know what I mean? So it's the relationships that really matter. Right. And people do business yes. with people they like. Exactly. <laughs> and that's really what it boils down to. You know, yes. they like you and you, you know, you have a good product, then you know, the rest the rest is history. You know, yes. it's it's just relationships. That's <laughs> awesome. So I gotta ask you guys, because I um you guys are telling the story so awesome. I wanna ask each of you this, and I might do this a little different since I have a husband and wife here, so this might be a little fun. So I ask all my guests this question, and that question is what is your doer superpower? that trait, that skill, that characteristic that's, you know, helped you get to the point where you are. But I want to do this different. Shavalo, what uh -huh. would you say Monique's doer superpower is? 
Uh, well, I feel Monique's doer superpower is fearlessness in taking risk. That I feel is a superpower because that allows you to just think big. I mean, there's never anything or concept that I can say that, or we could look at and say that Monique would ever say, you know, that's not possible. Mm. You know, we could look at, because <laughs> we look at people on the internet and you hear these sensational things. I, uh, I, I came out with, with my, um, my uh, uh, course on, on Facebook ads and I did, $500,000 in, in four hours. And we, most people, I think, look at that and we know a lot of people, or we have a lot of family who will, who will read something like that and just think, well, it, one, it's most likely not true. And if they did it, that was good for them. It's something that they did. But with Monique, she will look at that and would <laughs> never feel that that's something we can't do. She'd never say, oh, no, that's, that, that's something that, oh, boy, I wish we could, would ever can do something like that. No, it's always within the realm of possibility. And so for me, I feel that's a superpower to have, that fearlessness. And, and then with Monique, she would take that and say, let's figure out how they did that <laughs> so that we can do it. That's and awesome. so I think that's fantastic. So there's no limitations. We never look, Monique never looks and says, well, you know, oh, well, I'm, you know, a gender or a color or circumstance or where you grew up or none of those sort of things that people put that I think are mostly in your head as hindrances. The fearlessness is, is there and we could do anything. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, how about you, Monique? What would you say one of Shavalo's doer powers are? I think for Shivalo, and I mean, he kind of hit on this a little bit, but Shivalo is like our brain. So he is right in the sense that if I see something, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Like, I'm down. Like, right now, like, I'm your girl. I'm going to go do it. But Shivalo is more like the analytical person, you know, where he's like, you know, he's the, you know, he's going to figure it out safely to make sure, okay, yeah, we're gonna jump, but you might need some knee pads. So let me, let me, <laughs> let me figure that out. Let me, and so he's the one, he kinda, he, you know, I, I may, I may come up and formulate a plan, but Shivalo is in there filling it in and making sure it's done. So it, so we really complement each other because mm -hmm. I may come up with these crazy ideas, but he's making sure we land smoothly when, <laughs> when the idea is executed. So, you know, it's nice. And I don't ever have to tell him to do that. He doesn't ever have to tell me to do that. We just automatically know to do it. That's why this wouldn't work with anybody else. People say, how do you do this with your husband? How could I not do it with him? You know, it doesn't work with anybody else because with somebody else, I'm, I would constantly have to be telling them, well, did you read that line? But it, he already knows to do that, you know, and he doesn't have to tell me, well, hey, did you get that done? Because he knows I'm already going to do that. So it just kind of works together, you know? So I think his superpower, you know, he just always makes sure we land smoothly. He fills, fills in all, all the gaps, all the holes. He's our brain. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. You guys, you guys balance each other out so well. And I, I believe you said it perfectly earlier, Monique, when you say, you know, God really put you guys together because you have the risk taker. You have the person that's just going to jump off the cliff and build the plane as you're falling down. And then you got the person that's going to actually build the plane as you're going down. So yes. you guys are a fantastic balance for each other. I love it. So now you guys back to the story. Now you're in Whole Foods, you're in Harris Teeter. Where does Charleston Gourmet Burger go from there? Yeah, so our our thing at that point was, oh boy, let's just get more retail stores, and it it did work. We ended up doing that and uh, getting in Bilo and oh boy, starting in in Costco and Piggly Wiggly, yeah, Walmart, then Walmart and get Arlington Coat Factory. Like we had a list of, of stores, our dream stores that we could uh, sell our products, Macy's, all that sort of stuff was a dream. But we said, hey, we had a few other goals, which was one, Monique and I always talked about my original idea of, the, of having burgers. Mm -hmm. And so that the customer wouldn't have to do it on their own. They could just enjoy our burgers straight out of a box. And so 
we had to, we figured out how can we do that? And it was really a, a challenge to find somebody or a place that can manufacture it for us to right. our specifications. Mm -hmm. And so we worked at that, worked at that, and we're able to find it out. It took a lot of moving parts with different states. We had a product being made in, in Utah and then coming over to uh, so boy, that was so like three know, different co-packers to put it all together to manufacture. But those frozen burgers packs ended up going into it, accepted into Walmart all around the country. And those are the same frozen burgers that we ended up getting a deal with QVC to sell them online. And so wow. Monique and I became national TV personalities you know, selling these frozen microwavable burgers. But that's then, one thing that we tell people, it's bigger than just having a recipe and having a product in store. So it's so many different things you can mm -hmm. do when you have a business because now Shivalo and I, you know, when we were on the Food Network, that put us, now, now we have something else going on. Now, now we're doing TV, you know, yeah. then we were on the Today Show three times. You know, mm -hmm. then magazines started hearing about us. Then Better Homes and Garden did like an eight-page write-up on us. So it started moving us into being, you know, now, now we're a brand. We're not just some yes. product that's on the shelf. Now we're a brand. You know, then, you know, Facebook started noticing what we were doing. And so then we started mm -hmm. doing speaking engagement. <laughs> yes. You know, so the business kind of just took off. Um it just kind of took a life of its own and it, it really just started to just snowball from there. But every opportunity really want to be clear, every opportunity that we've ever gotten, we have made an effort to get to that point. It's, there was no people say, well, yeah, they were lucky or I don't think we necessarily were lucky. We were every day hard. So everything. <laughs> You, yes. If you put yourself in the, in the opportunity, you take that leap and you say, there's a difference between talkers and, and doers and people who say, I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> we talk yes. there's a lot of ummas, mm -hmm. but no, when you do just putting yourself out there and taking, taking the leap, it will, it gets noticed, you know, and opportunities come. And so, boy, we sat there on a computer and applied so much for, for QVC was a dream of ours. And yeah. boy, we tried to do it the, the, just the right way and just uh, apply, apply, apply. And we wouldn't even get a call back. But QVC came after, boy, we made these burgers. And how did they? Oh, no, it was the Facebook. Live, yeah, right? we, um, we were putting our product in Costco. Yeah, and I remember that. Mm -hmm. that process, um, for whatever reason, like we didn't see the finished product in person. We had approved everything through email and through conference calls. It was a different bottle. It was a, it was a different bottle, bottle. yeah. And so product. a different label. And so we actually didn't physically see any of that stuff. We were mm -hmm. just on conference calls and through email. And so we drove to Columbia, was our very first Costco store. So we drove to Columbia, South Carolina. And so I said to Shavala, wouldn't it be cool if we did a Facebook Live and we took everyone on our Facebook page with us and they could mm -hmm. see the product with us the very first time that we see it. And so that's mm -hmm. what we did. So mm -hmm. that video, it had like over 20,000 people <laughs> that were just like in a short amount of time. And they were watching with us, and it was just such a beautiful thing. They were experiencing it with us. And um, one of the people that actually got to see that video was someone from QVC. And so they sent us a Facebook message, and they were like, have you guys ever thought about QVC? We were like, um, yeah. <laughs> yes, we have. And that, so that's how they actually discovered us was from um, a Facebook Live video that someone shared on um yeah from our facebook page yes that's yeah. awesome and i remember watching that facebook live um, <laughs> wow. and watching you guys walk through and going around the corner and kind of looking where it was and then yeah. i remember <laughs> i remember y'all's ex the expression on y'all's face when you first saw it was was awesome and there were so yeah. many people i was on live with a bunch of people everybody was hitting the like button like a hundred yes, <laughs> it, it was awesome yeah, yeah. yep that's good so now you guys get get into there. Well, let's rewind a little bit because you said something mm -hmm. so important, Shavalo. 
Mm. Talk about, because everybody's going to hear this, oh, they, 30 minutes, yeah, they went from here A to Z and 100 miles per hour, no bumps or anything. Mm-hmm. Talk about what the level of consistency and persistence that y'all had to apply to, because I've heard your story several times about all the emails you made, this, you scheduled out when you would send an email to these specific people, you sent like 100 emails before they responded. Talk through that a little bit on how you guys fought through that and, and, and persisted to make this happen. Yeah, well, one of the things we've learned about business is if you don't keep your foot off on the gas, mm-hmm. that it will just, the car slows down and it, the car will stop. So you have to keep doing something each day to move your business forward. And we were actually, that's something that we took upon ourselves even from early, even if we say from, from farmer's market days, to, to be able to just do something that is moving a business forward every single day. Mm-hmm. You know? And so that's something that we live by now. You know, and we realize there's never a point in, in, in business where you could just kick, necessarily kick your feet up, but still in, as we're still in the formative years, even at this point, we're still forming. So we have to keep moving. Right. So it's whether or not it's, it's a post on, on social media, whether it is the emails that you, you talk about to keep up with a customer, maybe it's um, a retargeting campaign or something on, on, on Facebook for people that looked at our product and they didn't necessarily buy, but they didn't want to hear a little bit more about it. Maybe there's something in regards to a testimonial that somebody needs to see to be able to complete a sale. There's always really something to do. And that's, that's really the beauty of it of doing a business like this because my job, I went to every day. I put in these hours every day. They're getting, they got the consistent work out of me for, for, you know, 28 years of consistent work. I'm just applying the same principle to my own business now, to our own business. Right. So that's where it, it comes in, but you're hitting it right on the point. You have to just do something each day. And that's one advice I hear Monique give people who are just starting out or people mm-hmm. thinking about moving their recipe to the next level or something. Do something each day to move your business forward. Even if it's something small, but yeah. what I also tell people is you have to do something you're passionate about. Yes. Because if you're just going to say, oh, I'm going to make a sauce and you have no passion for it, yeah. the money doesn't come first. The money comes last. <laughs> yes. So if you're not passionate about it and you're mm-hmm. not making the money you want immediately, you're going to quit. So it has mm-hmm. to be something you genuinely enjoy and you love to do and you're passionate about it because the passion is going to get you through that phase of when you're not making the money. So mm-hmm. you have to do something that you genuinely love and you're passionate about. If you just do it for money, then you're going to quit. You're not, you're not going to be cut out for this because there are days where it's, gonna, it's not going to be fun and it's going to get on your nerves and you're going to be aggravated and frustrated and everything else. But if you don't love what you're doing, you're going to quit. So you got to love it. That's awesome. So now we, we have the person that's listening to this. They are passionate and we, they might be at a point where, you know what, they're at the very beginning. They have a recipe or something that everybody's been, been raving about. And we might have somebody that might already be in the farmer's market right now. Nice. You're really about to be rewarded if, you, if you've listened this far, because we're going to talk about now recipe for retail that mm-hmm. Shavalo and Monique have put together. And I'm really excited about hearing this. So talk to us about Recipe for Retail. How did that come about? And what can somebody expect if they're taking a look at it? Well, it's funny because we are food entrepreneurs. That's what we do. We figured it out how to get products in stores and to be able to have a food product to sell online and and we've had success is one thing we really talked about we really have an online business where people are buying our products from all over and it's very robust um, business and in retail but the thing is is so many people ask us when we meet them when they see us doing a demo or something they say hey i have a recipe 
I'd like to, you know, how can I do it? You know, how can they, how can they do what we did? And just time wise, it's tough for us to take on everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, we just can't, can't just do that. But so we never really thought we would be um, coaching in any, in any way or any capacity on a large scale. But really, we it's it's so many people would would count from emails and people email yeah. and we I still get emails every day on someone saying I have this product can you help me mm-hmm. um, you know such and such told me about me can you help me I mean you've been so wonderful you sent people to us yeah. <laughs> and you know so that's really how it was born was that we just get so many people that ask us how do we do what you guys are doing we want to do what you're doing. And so, and it's not impossible to do what we've done, but it is a system. Yeah, You know, there are a lot of mistakes you can make. It's a lot of pitfalls. So what our system does is it gives you a clear cut plan. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to have to go do any other pitfalls. You're not going to have to waste a bunch of money. You're not going to have to, you know, do things the wrong way. We tell you exactly what to do. We give you the exact plan that mm-hmm. we did, our exact blueprint. Um, step by step. step by step. We don't mm-hmm. leave anything out. We tell you exactly mm-hmm. what we did. Um, and, and we take you from idea all the way up to finished product and beyond. We, you know, we have a lot of bonuses. We help you with your Facebook. And so we want to give you the complete system. Yeah, so anybody, it's a 10-week accelerator. It's a 10-week accelerator, but you have lifetime access to um, the course, to the material. We have a Facebook group, and then we also do Mm -hmm. um, weekly live group coaching. And so we hop on, we're live on Zoom. You can ask questions, um, and we help work through. If you're you're stuck at a point, we normally have a lesson we teach every week. So we do live group coaching. So it's not just something you're going to take you're just going to buy from us and it's just a recorded class and you'll never get access to Shavala and I. Mm-hmm. We are very hands-on <laughs> with yeah. all of our students. We're but, very hands-on. But the bottom line is anyone who has, they could even, even be in a store. They could have just a recipe. They could just have an idea. But if it's in the food space, if you just apply, you just do what is said you're going to have success. You're going to be selling online. And we have uh, an initial goal that, that we have, and it's a one, we call it 1K a day. Yeah, 1K a day you selling know? your food product online. So that's so, the goal is to yes. get your recipe, um, get it turned into a product, and you know start selling online. And the grocery stores are great. Mm-hmm. We do help people get into grocery, but you don't want to build your whole business just strictly in grocery stores because we're seeing some stores now that you know it's announcing a store this this store is closing 200 stores we've had we've been Mm -hmm. in certain stores that have um without warning just went bankrupt and you know we're fighting to get paid you know so you want to make sure that you have your online business built up so that's what we're teaching 1k in a day selling your food product online so that's part of recipe for retail and just to know, I'll say it again, there are retailers who want your product. They do. They want it. And we are, know for a fact there's hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people who are online who will buy your dish, will buy your recipe, will buy your spice, will buy your barbecue sauce, will buy your cake, your cake components, your mix. Your potato salad, no matter Doesn't what it matter is, what it is. no matter what, matter what it is, is, but they will buy it if you just, if they knew it was out there and was presented in, a, in the correct way that we teach in the course, then it's, it's a gold mine. And just so many people, there's so many people with great food products, but they mm-hmm. just don't know how to do it. And that it just stops them. And it's, it, it's bothersome. It's really bothersome to us. So right. we're so happy we have recipe for retail. We we just wish that they. We wish we had something like this. Yeah, because it that was. One, we looked for something like this, that, and it wasn't anything. That has like saved this. us a lot of time and a lot of money. <laughs> and I was gonna and I was gonna ask you guys about that because I've had a couple of interviews with entrepreneurs, and one of the biggest things they talk about is the power of a mentor. 
how having a mentor helps compress time frames where if you don't have a mentor, something might take you a year to do, but with a mentor who's been there, done that, like you guys, because you guys are going on what, eight years now? Eight years, yes. Eight years in this industry, you've had the bumps, you've had the bruises, so now you can walk somebody through this as a mentor. So during that eight years, did you guys have any mentors that helped you? Yes, we've had lots of mentors along the way, which has been, which has helped us. It has helped us. It, it has in that way. I kind of have views on mentorship mm -hmm. because we sought it out early, mm -hmm. and, but sought it from people who, who were in the space mm -hmm. years ago. Okay. So they retired from it, but they weren't relevant in real time right now. Right. And so well, I feel that kind of their views kind of held us back a little bit. Right now, with the way how the world changes, is, is changing, with the way how the, the, the proliferation of the internet, with the way how products are, are sold now on social media, stuff that even from five years ago may not even be relevant right now. Even with talking about, when Mooney was just talking about retailers closing, this, you have to mentor with people who are, who not only have done it, but are still doing it and are relevant in real time right now, you see? And so those are the people who we seek out. The mentors that, that Monique finds online, she's always coming to me and say, look what this person is doing, but they're doing it right now. They're not talking about stuff they did 20 years ago. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So mm -hmm. everything, that, that Monique comes with and everything that really I come up with, those are the mentors we want to talk to, people who are movers and shakers right now. Right. You know, so I, I will say, hey, if you guys can do a mentor, whatever business, whatever genre you're, 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 you're in, if you're in fashion, that you're in real estate, you're stuff like that, great. But to me, a mentor from years ago isn't, isn't relevant. You have to find someone who, if it's in real estate, they ought to be making money in real estate right now. Yeah. They have to have a fashion company. They have to be selling. They're doing, you want to do t-shirts? You got to be doing t-shirts right now and knowing how to navigate, how to get that stuff out there because they're doing it and they're building it right in real time right now. And so that's where we come in. We're, we didn't just make money selling our food product and now we're done with that. And now we're coming, trying to say that we're teachers. Mm. No, we are, we have a product in stores right now. We're selling online right now. We're navigating every day. And so when we come on our recipe for retail, somebody comes in, boy, we're hitting them with information right now. Listen, don't do this. This is what you got to do now. You know, a lot move. of times I yes. will show them. Mm -hmm. Mostly every week, I open up our business and I'll show them behind the scenes in our store what's going on. This is what mm -hmm. we do. I open up my Facebook ad account. This is this is how you do this. So they can see this is what we're doing. I'm not just telling you I'm doing it. This is what I'm really doing. Yes. And this is how you do it. Mm -hmm. So we show, we use the behind the scenes of our business all the time. And mm -hmm. I'll share my screen and just show them exactly what to do because... We want them to be successful. Sure. Awesome. You know, so now, yeah. so where can they find out more about you guys and more importantly, find out about the recipe for retail? So yeah. the best way mm -hmm. is through social media. Um, we are, um, our, it's recipe for retail on all social media outlets. So um, recipe for yeah, F-O-R yep. retail. Yep. Recipe for retail. Mm -hmm. um, Facebook. Instagram, YouTube, um, you can, we are on social media, so you can message us. You can email us at admin, A-D-M-I-N, at recipe, the number two in the word success.com. So it's admin at recipe to success.com. Or you can go to recipe, F-O-R, for retail.com. So you can go to our website as well. And we yeah. do have, for anybody that's interested, we are doing 50% um, off of our courses, off of both of our courses. Exactly. So if you're interested, um, they can always just um, 
go on our Facebook page. You can, they can message us. That's awesome. And you guys need to go out there. If you listen to this, definitely connect with them on Facebook. I've been watching their Facebook lives on the Recipe for Retail uh, page that they have. I believe over 5,000 people have already connected there. And, and Chevalo and Monique, just like they always do with their servant's heart, they're providing tremendous value just by being on the page. So I definitely recommend you uh, connecting with them. And if you're serious about taking that recipe that you've had, that everybody's been telling you that tastes so good, that mama and grandma and all them have been telling you, connect with Shivalo, connect with Monique, because this is the time to go big. That's yeah. right. It's time to stop, you know, once again, just being hearers and, and wishing and, and hemming and hawing about it. It's, it's time to take action. And if you want to connect with people that are taking action, Shivalo and Monique are the ones you definitely want to connect with. So Shivalo, Monique, thank you so much for being here. I mean, I'm going to go back and listen to this thing over and over again because you guys provided so much value. I truly appreciate your time. And I know the Doer's Journey family appreciates your time being on here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank we you. enjoyed ourselves. This we're is... so sorry to see it end. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, you know, we're probably going to make this a multi-part because there's a, a lot of things that we can talk about that you guys provide so much value on. So Doer's Journey, I'm kind of putting them on the spot right here live right now. Yeah. We're going to definitely have to get them on, especially talking about husband and wife dynamics and business. Yeah. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to it. So Doer's Journey family, Make it a great day and remember, go out there. Don't just be hearers, go out there and be doers. Doers. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Doers Journey podcast. If you'd like to connect on social media, you can go to Instagram or Facebook and search the Doers Journey podcast and we'll connect there. And also subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating. By leaving us a rating, you let us know how we can help you on your doer's journey and you also help other people find this podcast. Now go out there, make it a great day, and remember, don't just be a hearer, go out there and be a doer.